So uh, I actually have always been um, a psychic child or a highly intuitive child. So somebody that was very impressionable, very sensitive, highly sensitive. Back then, if there wasn't a term for empath um, or even really psychic children so much. Um, and I was always a kid that had an inner knowing um, so much to the point that, you know, I wouldn't even be left alone in certain rooms. I wouldn't cross certain barriers. Um, my mom had always noticed that I had this very deep inner knowing and I was always very inward. Um, and my dad actually died when I was 15 and he committed suicide. Um, and that was actually the initiation um, into my ability to have the gifts that I have. And I say that because when my dad died, I actually had highly intuitive messages, extreme messages down to the date, um, the exact date of when my dad would pass um, through, through spirit messages three weeks leading up to his death. Um, that was my initiation into the spirit world at a different level. Um, and it was from my dad's suicide, actually, that inspired my knowing of wanting to understand why he felt the need to leave. And I knew that it wasn't human. I knew that. I knew that there was not human influence here. Um, and when my dad passed, that was the initiation into understanding that. And, and I and I understood suicide from a very different perspective from that point. Moving forward, you know, 10, 15 years, um, about six years ago, I had another initiation. Um, I had a spiritual initiation where I was actually allowed to become possessed. And welcome everyone to Haunting Live Podcast. This week we are live here. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate you checking us out each and every week, whether you check us out on our social media, on YouTube, and watch our shows there that we post, or on the Rhode Island Broadcasting Network, which rebroadcast our episodes each and every week for us on their station, and uh, that's on Wednesday nights at 10 o'clock. You can check them out. Uh, would be appreciated. Check over there at Rhode Island for us, and also thank you for following us on our social media. Media. We appreciate all the recent subscribers to our YouTube channel. We are growing very quickly. Thank you very much for your interest in our channel and supporting us that way. Uh, today we do have a very special guest joining us uh, from the U.S. Uh, she is a psychic medium and also an eclectic witch and we're going to be talking to her about a bunch of different topics today that she's into. So let's bring on Natasha, psychic medium today. Hi Natasha, how are you? Hi, yes, I'm so excited for today. <laughs> yes, it's wonderful to have you here. Um, I know you were scheduled for earlier in the year, but you had to reschedule. So thank you for making time uh, to be with us here this week. We appreciate that. Divine timing. That's what I always believe. <laughs> yeah, divine timing works well for us as well here. Uh, we get a lot of things done with that. So uh, thank you for taking your time, though, on this weekend and helping us out here haunting live. Um, but you are a psychic medium and also a witch as well. So we're going to be talking to you about a few different things that you're into this week on this week's episode. And um, But first, I want to talk about the psychic medium part. How did you get into it and what drew you to become a medium? My goodness, I got I discovered my gift of mediumship when I was just a very young little girl. I was about eight, nine years old when I started to see. That was my first intuitive gift was really seeing and feeling the presence. And then I just started expanding from that. It was more so of me just being so sensitive and allowing myself to be open enough, which is what really made me pursue that. I think it was just me simply wanting to understand more of what my experiences were and why I was having these experiences 
was why I kind of went into this. And um, about how old were you when you first started having experiences? Was it younger or? Um, I started seeing auras at seven and then actual spirits um, about nine, nine, ten years old in physicality. And at first it started like in dreams and eventually it got into, I started seeing the actual visual in my mind's eye. And then eventually it became to where I could just physically see them. So it definitely progressed. I felt as I was growing. And did you feel that something was sort of guiding you along from the start into mediumship or was it something that you didn't know what was happening? At first, I didn't know what was happening. I definitely felt like I could feel my own inner knowing, but I had no idea what that exactly was. I think as I got older, I realized I was more of my higher self or my soul connecting with me. But at the time, I didn't have nothing to attach that, like no word or name for that. So I was just simply going by what some people might call a gut feeling or like a download or just a sense of knowing that I just kind of had to held on to until I started developing like my um, intuitive hearing and other senses. So how did you develop that then as a child? Was it hard for you to sort of start your path out or was it something that came easy to you as you went along? So for me, it was just natural only because I was such an imaginative, sensitive child in every capacity, whether um, you know, in every way. And I just find that the more I was connecting to these senses as often as my physical ones, the more easier and natural it became until eventually I just couldn't turn it off. It just got to the point to where I was using my intuitive senses as often, if not more than my physical ones. So that's just kind of how it came about for me personally. Was there a reason that you were using them more? Were you finding things happening more often that you had to tap into those sources? Or I found that when I started like actually connecting with that more and actually started trusting in it, that things were not only true, but it could also help me out. Um, whether that was just feeling, you know, a sense of this is a bad person or this is just a negative vibration or whatever. I just realized that I was just becoming familiar with that. So was something along the lines of intuition at first that was kind of guiding you to feel your way through your path? Or yeah. did you feel it was like the start of your journey down your path? This, the start of my journey was becoming familiar with my own inner intuition. And eventually when I became so secure within that, I started to connect with my own spirit guides, which really helped me branch off into my personal practice and what I do now, actually. Because if it wasn't for them, honestly, I wouldn't be nearly as far as where I am in my own personal life, my practice, my work. They just helped me with my own personal healing as well as the work I do. Well, let's get into that a little bit then. Um, what type of work and services do you do nowadays and after your... I'll touch back on how you developed it, but so what do you do nowadays? How did that link into your development? So right now with my clients, I offer private readings and group readings. Um, I personally connect with energy. I don't necessarily read tarot. That's just not me. 
Um, I connect with people's personal energies, whether it's their aura or perhaps spirits. And I allow messages to come forward from that, whether it's for your own personal healing uh, journey, or perhaps just to understand some clarity from a deceased loved one or ancestor. Um, and then I also offer long distance Reiki healing because I am a certified Reiki practitioner. I eventually want to go into my master's so I can certify and teach others. But those are along the lines of the work I do besides the local clients I do offer to come into the local residents to do house readings and perform cleansings and blessings if they feel that they want that for their home. So a lot of spiritual type, energy type work that you do then. Absolutely. A lot of energy work and intuitive work is what I feel comfortable with. And since you do feel comfortable with it, have you had that type of experience yourself when you're on your journey along your path? Did you, did you have to go through that to understand what you're doing nowadays? Absolutely. I really, because I didn't have my spirit guide team at first, I really learned things the hard way is the way I like to say it. I was just very stubborn soul. And it wasn't until I got into the situations to where I was like, oh, you do have to protect yourself when you're connecting with spirits or energies because they'll get stuck on you and things like that. So I definitely think that me experiencing the, my gifts and having the run-ins with the entities I do made me realize, oh, I have to do a maintenance or work for what I'm doing to keep going on like long-term, absolutely. And do you want to share some experiences that you have had um, along your path, along your journey that really stood out to you when you were sort of developing your gifts? Is there maybe one moment that you remember that really stood out as I being think the led most, into that? <laughs> I think the most intense experience I had in terms of mediumship, which really shook me to my core, was when I was first, I first discovered I could astral travel. I was like 10 years old. Um, and I realized that I was naturally just leaving my body as I was, as I would, as I would sleep. I, it was just something I naturally did. And eventually it just became routine. I realized, Hey, when you leave your body, um, it kind of leaves you open. And I didn't realize at the time until I would leave my body that there was something lurking or kind of waiting outside for me. So I've, there was a period of time, a window where I was, I was developing my astral projection, astral travel ability at, um, as a young per person. And I, and every time I would leave, um, I would potentially have a spirit trying to hop in my body and I would quickly have to try to jump into it to kind of like save myself or push them off of me or, or detach whatever. And that was awful. I would, I would go through that for like two, three years back to back night over and over again, sometimes even sleep paralysis, because I was learning as I went, I had no way of knowing until I experienced these things. So that's weird. I've heard I know you can astral travel. I know what that is. Um, but I've never heard of something taking possession of your physical body when you're out astral traveling. So that's really new to me. I haven't heard of that before. Um, can you describe a little more detail on on that, like what happened? How did you, how did you discover there's somebody entity taking over your physical body? So the best way I could describe it is, you know, you're, you're like, once you're physically out, it was as if I was looking at myself and I could feel all of a sudden like a weight on me and I could feel myself kind of 
it, it was as if somebody jumped into my body and I could feel myself starting to like choke up as if I had trouble issue breathing. That's the way, that's how it first started. I was like, Hmm. And then I started noticing that, um, I was trying to wake up my physical body because I started feeling the physical discomforts as if somebody was sitting in the front seat and my soul or my consciousness was sitting in the back seat. And I was like almost being suffocated or trying to shake out of this discomfort. And I just remember thinking I need to gain control of my body and the way I fought through it, even at the time I didn't realize it, I would try to imagine myself kind of sitting up. And as I would try to sit up or my consciousness, I would slowly regain actual control of my physical body where I can eventually actually sit up, start breathing because it almost felt like I was gagging or it almost felt like borderline sleep paralysis. And you have to shake and fight your way, but you can't physically do that with your body. So I had to use my awareness of my own energy to actually push through that. And that was very exhausting and scary as a child. I didn't even know what was happening until it was more consistent. And then I had to learn what protection and aura shielding and all that was. So how did you deal with... Um... Did you feel that the sleep paralysis part was the entity that was in your body? Do you feel that when people experience Ab that, do you think that's really having something in your body? Not always. Um, I do feel that some people may experience sleep paralysis just by simply being in the presence of something else. Sometimes I've noticed some spirits will visit you and kind of try to see if you can kind of get out of that trance. I know that sounds kind of like sick. But I've noticed that some entities are like that. Um, and I felt like that was very much the game of this of like, oh, you're so intuitive. You're so much light. Let's see you push past this. And I felt like throughout the years, they would just try to intensify and intensify. And it was almost like me working like my spiritual muscles, I felt like going through it because it was just ongoing until I actually learned how to shield myself and be direct and focused, intentional with what I was doing sort of like a lesson for you and spiritual how to deal with that type of energy work I guess or you guys might have been helping you through that as well yeah I, I honestly feel like they put me through those situations to understand how to come out of them because now I'm just put with people in weird situations I'm like okay well let me help you get out of this so exactly it better prepares you for what you do nowadays day to day for your client work that you do so yeah, now. <laughs> now yeah. Well, hopefully you're not still having those experiences happen to you at night now or when you're by yourself, you know what to do and how to protect yourself against it. Not anymore, thank goodness. It really changed when I started developing my own flow and routine and practice for my own self. That's really what the shift was. Yeah, that sounds great. So, um, Going from that, from being a psychic medium and having those abilities and dealing with that as a young person as well, uh, must have prepared you for a lot. How did that translate into you wanting to become a witch and how did that happen? So it was funny because I was actually learning about the craft and witchcraft and all that as I was learning or trying to understand about my gifts and about the spirit world and all that. I was just doing research or reading what I could. And I just found that when I would, you know, use these techniques or practices or these beliefs, not only did it felt like familiar to like my own soul 
it also worked with what I was trying to accomplish as well. You know, like when you're doing intuitive work, are you going to use crystals? Are you going to use incense or herbs to help you intentionally? You know, it just kind of falls in the line, I felt. And what did you start getting into which witchery for? Um, was there a purpose that kind of you wanted to do with it or was it just something that you were interested in? It was something I was just so interested in. I genuinely could not detach from it. I just had this, like this longing and attachment and draw to it. It just felt so natural. And it wasn't until I started getting into the specific like types of magic or areas or practices within the craft that I started to realize, oh, I'm really good at that. Or, you know, I'm already kind of doing that. Like it, I just found the connections. Yeah, you found some connections to what you were already doing and then just yeah. moved into a different area. So um, as a witch then, what type of work do you do as a witch compared to as a second medium? Is there a difference? Yeah, that's actually interesting because as a witch, I feel that I'm much more focused on like the hedge witchery or um, elemental magic, which simply means I, as a witch, like to tap into the natural energies um, of what's around me to use it for my own benefit, whether that's the weather or, um, or the seasonal shifts or the lunar phases or, you know, portals or ley lines, just I like to use as much natural occurring shifts for my own intentional ways. And I just found that anything leading with that is what I felt drawn to. So as a witch, I like to work with the natural energies of, you know, beach magic and all that stuff. And then as a psychic medium, I find that I'm just more so of going deeper and connecting with, I guess, people's auras and people's specific spirits so that I can go deeper into what they need for their own healing or to find specific clarity or specific wisdom or information that is needed for their lives or their personal soul evolution journey so that's how I find like I feel like they're complement each other but they're definitely different practices absolutely yeah so can you use them in conjunction with each other or is it have to be totally separate like if somebody comes yes. to you for a spirit or a cleansing can you say well these crystals will help you with your cleansing work kind of thing Absolutely. I find that I'm always referencing or just kind of speaking or kind of teaching. I feel like a little bit sometimes in my sessions, because I'm always just, I feel like educating people. I really love teaching, but they definitely go hand in hand. Cause if you have, you know, a lot of stagnant energy, or you may want to detach from this, that, and a third, you may need to think, Oh, I need to cleanse or to uh, banish that influence or cut that tie, things of that. So I definitely think they go hand in hand because it gives me tech, actual techniques and action to take for what they're experiencing. Yeah, no, I just had that thought because like a lot of times you said you go in to do cleansing work or protection work or something like that on the spiritual side, but um, crystals and that kind of work on the witchery side can help people protect themselves from energy as well. So um, I bet there's times that you just use both together. Absolutely. I do. Like I have like my own, like, well, I feel like I'm just like, Oh, I can use that or that'll help. Yeah. So let's uh, get more in depth into the witch side of things next. Um, so what topics do you, you sort of briefly describe what you do with um, sort of elemental type energies and 
uh, crystal energies and stuff like that for the witch side of things. Um, but what specifically do you do? Do you do rituals or do you practice different things on your own? Or um, what kind of things do you practice as a witch? So as a witch, I'm very into connecting with the elemental influences because I feel that they are sort of like the four pillars of like the physical realm, if you will, you know, earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. And I just find that I like to use those connections either for manifesting or releasing or empowering or transmuting. It's just, I like to use it within every angle I possibly can to either fuel or take away from myself that is best. And, you know, whether that's, you know, using fire for cleansing and destruction and also creation and also, you know, water for intuition and purifying work and air for connecting with, you know, um, mental abilities and travel and, you know, earth for, you know, grounding and stability and money, you know, like there's so many ways you can utilize those shifts. It's just about being intentional. And I just like to use as much of a boost for myself, whether it's to add to myself or to take away anything that's no longer serving me, anything of that sort is what I like to do as a witch, whether I'm tapping into the natural landscape, you know, the physicality of the actual land and property, or I'm connecting to nearby energies, or maybe I'm making some structures um, out of crystals or um, copper or any other materials. It's just, that's how I like to operate in terms of like a witch. Yeah, that's really cool that you can use different properties like um, natural elements to, I guess, create your spells that you do for yourself. Um, is that what you would call it, your work? Do you do spell work or is it type, another type yeah, of work? Yeah, I do, I do spell work and rituals um, to a certain extent, of course, because I, as a healer, I just don't feel comfortable just spreading more pain into the world. So I do have my personal limitations, even though I know how to perform such things. It's just more so of, I want to do this and spread this. So that's all I'm willing to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, you have your personal limits that you want to work on that you don't want to go past, right? You know what you want to do with your abilities. So. Yeah, it's like if you want to find someone else to hex or anything like that, it's like, that's fine. But I just don't wish to be a part of it. You know what I mean? It's like, I know how to, but I just don't ask me to put my actual energy into that. So is hexing something you have done in the past then? Is it something that you learned along the way? I learned it along the way to understand how to take it apart, if that makes sense. Because I just feel that regardless if I agree with that belief or that perspective or whatever, me as an eclectic witch, I rather have I rather kind of know a little bit of everything. So even if I don't agree with that, if I run the terms or cross paths with that, I can kind of understand, okay, what am I dealing with? How do I go about this? Things like that. Yeah, definitely best to understand different elements of what you deal with. Um, same in the paranormal. There's so much out there to deal with that you can't possibly understand everything, but it's good to have a little bit of knowledge about everything that you can learn about. So I guess it's the same yeah, way in your field too. So. Um, can you tell us any stories or experiences that you've had as a witch that stand out to you? Um, maybe something that happened to you during a ritual or something that somebody may want to um, maybe not understand fully or maybe that you can explain a little bit more in detail. 
Yeah, I think the one that's coming burning in the front of my mind is when I actually did a full moon ritual with my sister and my daughter. And my daughter is like a little girl, like she can't really do much, much, but we want her to be involved. So we just had her kind of dancing along a circle with us while she was hand drumming so she can add her physical energy to like raise the energy of the cone of power trying to do. Um, So we were basically, we had like a, um, like a foldable table you would get from Walmart and we would put like our crystals out there and put like our water and stuff like that. So we could charge all of that in the full moon. And we were doing like a releasing ritual as well, where we were, we had the things on the table that we wanted to charge. And then we had like a cauldron, a small one, where we could actually burn things that we wanted to just let go of in that night. And then we would dance in way to just release that. And when we were doing all that, I realized that um, we, when we were dancing, I would start to get um, glimpses because I was focusing on something very specific to release. And I was, and as we were dancing, because I was focusing on the outcome, I started tapping into what was, I guess, what was coming to me. And at the time I didn't know that I was just thinking, why am I getting these random flashes? And that's the one that keeps burning out to me. Cause um, it, at the time I didn't realize what was happening until it actually happened. So that was like shocking to me it was like, wow, when we put all our energies together, you know, and during this full moon. So that was really powerful for me. Was that uh, recent? I know we just were in a phase of a full moon this week. That was this episode, two, this week that was or a while two ago? full moons ago. Two, two full, full moons, moons ago that okay. happened. So I was shocked. So that was a recent episode that happened for you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Have you done anything for this full moon or did you let this one go by? So this full moon, I just charged my stuff and I basically just focused on rest and rejuvenation. So most of the rituals I did was inside. I just wanted to focus on rituals that was either replenishing or focusing on rest as it turns to all the shifts that has been happening because those have been intense for me as uh, as an intuitive. So what kind of shifts have you been experiencing with this uh, latest full moon then? Yeah, with the past full moon, it's been a lot of, I guess, a a lot of emotional triggers as the full moon and the full pink moon in Libra yesterday was about coming into balance where, you know, it's dealing with your relationship with yourself, power and others. And it's coming to, you know, balance into that. And I definitely felt that like emotions were coming up to the surface and thoughts that I haven't allowed myself to experience so I let them come up to the surface sit with it and allowed those to be released so that they weren't stuck on me or hindering me or making me do self-sabotage so I'm not ruining my blessings coming forward so so just some positive energy work with the moon energy then yeah just more so of just releasing anything of resistance to being in flow with that yeah, yeah. getting rid of negative so more positive enters in that's always good <laughs> Yes. Um, so what else do you do for witchery work then besides doing sort of your own um, work that you do for yourself rituals? Um, You're saying to me earlier that you do some other types of work with elementals and crystal work and talking to nature. Um, so let's get into that a little bit. Um, talk about how you deal with uh, nature elements. Yes. It wasn't until I had an awakening um, after the birth of my daughter to where I started expanding all my empathetic gifts. 
Um, and eventually, which the most recent gift I actually got, which still is, is my plant empathy ability, which once I, once I basically came into this new vibration on the other side, I started being able to hear the actual consciousness and desires and thoughts and like actual, like talkings and stuff of like these plants and trees and crystals. And it just blew my mind because it opened up a new depth of practice as well as life. I felt when I started working with these energies, because I already had, you know, like a, you know, a tree in the front yard, I already liked, and I already had crystals I physically owned, but this was like a new depth of, of that. So explain a little bit how you connect then with nature elements like trees and crystals, which are obviously stones and stuff in the earth. They're all natural elements. Um, What happens when you want to speak to a specific tree? Like what's the process of speaking to them? So when I want to connect with the, perhaps a specific tree or a new tree in general, I would like to just um, physically walk up to it and I'll give me some certain space. Like I'm not like, you know, face to bark or anything like that, but I walk up to it and I almost like speak to it sometimes out loud or in my mind. It just kind of depends on the environment or how I feel that day. And I'll kind of speak to it saying, Hey, um, I would like to connect with you. Um, how do you feel about that? And I'll just wait to see what response I get. Sometimes I could physically hear a response. Sometimes it might be like a download or I'll get a different body cue. Like sometimes it'll be just a gut feeling or I'll feel warmth. Other times I'll physically hear. But most of the time when it comes to me connecting with my plant ability, I usually always hear. That's the that that's the one that always is more dominant for me is physically hearing from them as if they're people talking to me. So I just simply just turn my awareness to focusing, I guess, on their aura, and I focusing on connecting with that, or maybe just touching physically with it and saying, you know, trying to understand what response do I intuitively feel, whether it's hot or cold or you know heavy or light or whatever that is, and. It just kind of went from there. Yeah, I have heard of um, trees and stuff and natural plants having an aura. Like people have captured those before physically in pictures and whatnot. So that is proven that they have like an aura to them. And it's said that they are connected as well. Like plants will have feelings and stuff, right? So, um, yes, they especially do. If when they you talk really to them, do. they grow better and stuff if you play music and stuff like that. So, um, they definitely yes. have some kind of energy to them more than just natural energy. Um, so what kind of things do they talk about to you then when you connect? After you make that connection, what's the next step? What do you talk about? So when I make the next connection, sometimes I'll ask them, you know, like, um, is there anything you want to tell me? Sometimes I'll ask for like information or just a perspective. Um, or sometimes I'll just simply sing to them uh, uh, sometimes I find that trees as old as they are they actually just want our companionship and company like intentionally like connecting with them and I just find that simply if I just blend my aura with them or if I just sing to them or just be in their presence or allow them to help me ground which is you know connecting with mother earth releasing my dense energies and then replenishing with Mother Earth's energies. I also like to do that practice as well. So um, whether it's, you know, direct information or energy work or just, you know, just straight up talking to them, that's just kind of, I guess, how it goes. But I think depending on who you're connecting with, you get the different responses. Because like I said, trees and crystals and houseplants 
are the priority, but the responses are always different. Sometimes the crystals don't want to be next to specific crystals, or sometimes um, a tree wants you to give an actual offering or feed the specific animals into that, that are living in that tree. Sometimes your crystals may need to be charged, or maybe your house plant wants to be actually outside, you know? So it just depends on that individual because they're almost like people. Yeah, I guess they would have their own intentions and I guess needs that they want to talk about as well when they connect with you. So just like a person would. That's what I came to find. Yeah, I definitely feel like I connect more with trees and crystals just because that's just what I do more of, I feel. Um, But yeah. So do you find they have different personalities like a person? Do they have like days when they don't want to talk to you when they're angry or when they're mad about something or so shockingly I don't really get like I don't get the same emotional responses from crystals and trees as if humans do like they don't really have like they don't really have like um like they don't like they're not caught up on stuff like shame you know what I mean and like you know lies you know what I mean so there's certain emotions I feel might be specific to humans only because they're not in that way of, you know, so, um, but do they have personalities? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I think honestly, what determines the personality is sort of like the vibration they're on, sort of like our personality is dependent on the level of consciousness we're on. So I think that's just sort of like the same, the same thing. Yeah, that's sort of what it's getting at. Like, I know they probably don't have the abilities we have, like, say, the emotions that we share with everybody every day but they might have their own personality when once you connect to them they might have a certain way of talking to you is sort of what i meant so oh hey baby Mm -hmm. i'm almost finishing up okay Mm -hmm. okay sorry about that that's okay no problem so yes um so how do you do work with that then is there something that leads you to um another part of that work or is it just connecting with them is there, is there some outcome once you connect with them with the trees right yes yes or so um honestly i have sometimes when i connect with them besides just what we've already spoke on sometimes i like to actually sometimes i like to leave my body and i like to almost like travel into them and to kind of get downloads from that, because that's always been wild to me. Sometimes I can physically see structures or sometimes I can get imprints. I feel like from like residual energies. Um, it's always different because I just find that because I've experimented, I like to do this with different trees in different locations to see how I get this. Cause that's just how I work. Um, but I just find that it's just, yeah, it's just always, always different. Okay, well, thank you very much for all your time today. I really appreciate you sharing uh, your experiences and your stories and uh, your work that you do as well. Um, very intriguing, especially with your uh, native energy or your um, natural energies that you uh, work with there. So um, anything that you're working on currently that you want to promote quickly before we let you go today? Yes, feel free to check out my YouTube channel. I'm digging more into my passion of just teaching and informative spiritual content. So just feel free to look me up, Psychic Medium Natasha. That's it. Just find me on YouTube. 
Great. Well, it's been wonderful having you here. Um, definitely go check out uh, Psychic Medium Nat Natasha. She has a lot of stuff on YouTube that she does. And um, we're checking her stuff out and uh, checking her out. So thank you again for being here. It was wonderful talking to you. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure, honestly. Yeah, and we'll have you back sometime for another session. Okay, well, either way, I'm down. You know how to find me now. <laughs> yes, definitely. So uh, thanks again and have a great weekend. All right, bye. Bye-bye. And that was Psychic Medium Natasha. She was joining us from the U.S. today. Thank her so much for being here as our guest this week here on Haunting Live, talking about her psychic medium journey, as well as her being a witch and involved in a bunch of different things in the witchery area as well. So uh, really cool to hear some different stories that we haven't had much on, on the show here, especially about some... Uh, uh, nature topics as well that she deals with. So thank you for her for sharing that with us here this week. And uh, thank you for being here as well. Uh, thank you for checking us out here on Haunted Life Podcast. We are here each and every week, every Sunday live at four o'clock. If you're new here, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. We've had a lot of new subscribers lately on our YouTube channel. We appreciate that and uh, thank you very much. Also, don't forget to hit the like button. That also helps us out if you like the content that we're putting out here for you guys. Uh, just so you guys are aware, we do other videos besides our live stream here on Haunting Live every week. We do have other videos that we post with different interviews of celebrities and different people in the paranormal field. So we do have a brand new video coming very shortly. Uh, probably going to be posted early this week, probably on Monday this week. So um be watching out for that. It's a uh, celebrity that we talked to from the UK that's into the paranormal, so one that you don't want to miss. Um, otherwise, don't forget to also check out our official website, which is hauntedlivepodcast.com. We have a bunch of different things on there, such as all of our past episodes here at Haunting Live. You can listen directly on our website. Or check out our events that are coming up, which we have an event coming up next week if you're local here in our region where we are. Uh, we are in Ontario, Canada, so if you're located close to us, you can come and meet live and we'll be at an event here locally uh, selling our merch that we have and also readings will be available as well. So check out our website for that. That is next Sunday, April 24th. Um, come down and check that out if you're in the area. We would love to meet you guys in person. And otherwise, uh, we'll be back here next week with a brand new guest. And um, also, don't forget, if you miss us here live, you can always listen on the podcast apps that we're on as well. Or you guys can check us out on our partner network, which is Rhode Island Broadcasting. They are wonderful, and we've been with them since last year. And they repeat each and every week's episode on Wednesday nights at 10 o'clock on their network. So uh, worth checking that out if you miss us here on Sunday Live. So... Otherwise, guys, have a great uh, rest of your weekend and uh, have a great long weekend. And uh, we'll see you guys back here next week for our next week's episode of Haunting Live Podcast. Thank you so much, guys. The intuitive part happens when all of a sudden you realize that you're looking at pictures, right? You're looking at pictures on cardboard that somehow makes so much sense to you or your sitter that you can't really explain why, right? Because it's, you know, tarot is a strange thing to do. It's not very logical. Uh, when you start to try, you know, to break down why it works. It's one of those things that I was, you know, I would say it shouldn't work, but it does. It wasn't until after I started uh, meditating when I was probably in my 
I guess my 40s or so, um, because I was on Wall Street, I was getting you know totally stressed out. I started meditating every single day just to relax. And after about 12 months of meditation, one day I had a spiritual awakening where all of a sudden I saw four spirits in my mind's eye and I had this dramatic experience, which was absolutely beautiful. And after that uh, awakening, it was really where all of a sudden the door kind of reopened. So this guy, you know, I was giving him, his mother showed me what I looked, what she looked like. And she was giving me evidence of her life and how she passed and all these things. And he's just acknowledging, yes, 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 yes. I'm not sure, whatever you're not sure of, just write down, you'll remember it later. Um, and just before the spirit was about to be done and I was about to wrap up the reading, she gave me the finger. My face dropped and I'm like, oh shoot. I'm like, why did she do that? Because that never happened to me before. And I'm going, why did she do that? Do I tell him? Do I do I say this to him? And I said, I, I can't withhold information. So I said, listen, sir, I don't know how to tell you this. And it's a little strange because this never happened to me. I says, but your mom gave me the finger. He was laughing so hard to the, to the point of tears. Uh, as spirit works with us, um, when the student is ready, the teacher comes and there was elderly gentleman that came to get massage work there was something about him that was so different the, the white hair the, the most crystal blue eyes I'd ever seen so he's on the table and he's telling me he has this shoulder problem and I said okay I can do blah 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 and he said to me no we're gonna do something different today so I placed my hand above and I felt the discrepancy where the injury was and he said I want you to take your hand and move this energy around and then afterwards I looked at him and I said well who are you where did you come from and he just smiled at me and he goes I'm just a traveler